me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth. And you brought it out here and actually played with it and actually played with it? Yeah! Are you one of those people that has to know how much the Babe Ruth ball is actually worth? I was gonna bring it back, but it was signed by Babe Ruth! Yeah, you keep telling me that. Who is she? We'll keep it right here because today is your lucky day. The Sultan of Blood. King of Crash. The Colossus of Cloud. The Colossus of Cloud. It's time for Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan, sponsored by ERC Delivery and Huggins and Scott Auctions. The Great Bambino! It's Saturday morning, I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer this week is Tyler Rocky in for Eric. Tyler just got some pressure on him this week. Making Eric's pick and which ended higher. It's good. And plus, I didn't even tell Tyler about this. Because everybody has a chance to win this in which ended higher, what I did, I put in eight items. So all four of you are going to be able to pick a number between one and eight to take out of it. And then I'm going to do list randomizer to see who gets first pick. This is really, it's getting I have a question, Tom. Hey, Tom, I got a question for you. Don't you have like a rule book before, you know, it starts of of kind of what the rules are versus. I do, but I'm the only one who knows the rules. I have a question for you too, Vince. Are you, are you listening? Is it too soon to say tin cup tiger? (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh Getting were you watching when you must God. have gone crazy when he did that when uh, oh a 10 on a par three i oh. could have beat that i mean it may, i may have got an eight or a nine but I think I could have yeah. that. <laughs> you must have been going nuts i could i didn't i wasn't watching it at the time but I, I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, poor Vince. I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, my gosh. Never again. But it was a fun season, and I won a little money. So yeah. it, was, it was a fun season to be up there all, all year long. It's just that you were up at the first or second the whole oh. year. It yep. was like, oh, yep. my God. And then 10 Cup shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's well, the first thing I thought move. of. They, they kept Dustin Johnson to the very end. I, I used him early, and I, I had him when he won. So, yeah. you know, but it was a it was a great fun time, you know. That is a fun league. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I've really gotten into watching golf. Uh, I, I would usually watch the majors, but that would be about it. And now, I you know, I really enjoy when there's nothing else on especially it's just something good to have on when you when you have a little skin in the game to, with your fantasy pick you know yep yep for sure yeah. for sure now the bulls draft i i have to mention this if it had, if it had been one of the guys i was expecting i'd be like okay that's who they picked i i was thinking guys i liked at the fourth spot that denny advia uh or coro or onyeka and i'm when it and I had heard rumors of Patrick Williams, but I kind of discounted that. I didn't look into him as much because he wasn't playing full-time in, in college. He was like a 22-minute guy. And I'm thinking, oh, if they trade down, I'll look more into him. He looks like he's got, you know, a little bit interesting, but I doubt they'll pick him there. So when they picked him, I was like, hmm, wow. So I... Then I decided, now I'm really going to go back and look at him. 
And I looked at some things. I, I Pretty impressive. I thought he looks a little like a Harrison Barnes or maybe a Luol Deng with more uh, athleticism. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to watch the uh, press conference that they're, uh, the guy running the Bulls now did uh, the next morning. It was either that night or the next morning. And what I went, as soon as I heard that he was a point guard for three years in high school, he was six feet, a point guard, learned all that stuff. Point guards run the show, you know, no matter if it's high school yep. or wherever it is. And then he grows eight inches and he's built like a rock. And then I'm thinking, okay, I'm in. I get it. 100% yeah. get it now. He can guard multiple positions. Then I'm thinking, okay, because I liked that Denny Avia because I thought he could be a secondary uh, playmaker. And I'm thinking, I don't know about Patrick Williams, but now when I hear he was a point guard, it's like, okay. I, you could even pro- probably down the road, maybe he turns into like a Ben Simmons with a three-point shot, you know, if as the at, at the ultimate. But at regardless, a real good defender. He's long, he's strong, and he's got a nice shot. And one thing I've noticed with what their Arturis is doing now, everybody he's picking shoots over 80% on free throws. Okay, Patrick Williams... Their second-round pick is a 6'11 guy who, um, I forget where he played. It was overseas, but he's like 6'11, good shooter, good passer, shot like 80% on free throws. Patrick Williams, 83% on free throws. I mean, that's good at any level. That That's that's some really good free throw shooting. Devon Dotson, they signed. Small, they they actually got him after the draft, which was kind of surprising. Nobody, this guy was might have been the fastest guy in the draft. He's small, but he's got like a 40-inch vertical leap, and he shot 80% on free throws at Kansas. So That's I good think that he, they're making that an important thing, you know? Now, yeah, you and then... that the Bulls should have taken ball if he was there at four? I, I, I don't think they really wanted him to be honest with you i I, i'm not in his camp as being on uh uh you know like a great player he's got this funky shot too i mean he could be a very good player don't get me wrong the guy i really when i thought they might be trading up to two i wanted him to get wiseman he's a seven one mobile center that could have blocked shots and let all the other guys around him shoot. But now that I see what that Patrick Williams was a point guard, that changed it all. That really put me over the top. Then I'm thinking this has a potential to be a genius pick, actually. Yep. Not even, yep. you the know, so he, he went yeah. for the guy. And, and it sounded like from the press conference, like he had targeted Williams as long ago as like June. So it's not like, I mean, he was going up other people's draft boards. Supposedly the Pistons wanted to trade up to get him. But uh, it sounded like they've had their eye on him for a long time. And probably he defends all these different spots, or he can. And he's smart. You know, when you read some of the the info before the draft, it it sounded like he was a rough project. And Arturis right. is like, he's not a project. He was a three-year point guard. So anyway, I'm good with the picks. 
And then they signed this Garrett Temple, who's a 34-year-old bench guy, 80.5% free throw percentage last year. But he's a guy, you you know, he knows how to play, and they can put him in as a backup at three positions, basically, if they need to. So, look, you can kind of see one thing that they're doing. They definitely want good shooters. So I'm I'm into it now. Now I just want to get the – Get the season started. Tyler, are you a Kansas guy? I'm not a Kansas guy, no. I'm a a Syracuse basketball fan. Okay. Did you you know much about Devon Dotson? Yeah, no, I watched a lot of uh, Devon Dotson. I actually saw him play in person at the tournament, uh, the last NCAA tournament that we had. Okay. And he is... He's going to come into the NBA, and he's probably already one of the five fastest guards in the NBA. That's yeah, how quick I, this kid is. I like that as as a backup point guard. That having that speed, that that's nice. And he looking at films of him. I mean, he can make three point shots. He has nice form on it. He seemed to make a lot of baskets on layups when he got around he was so fast he'd get by the guy guarding him I don't think he's going to get away with a lot of those shots in the pros but he seems like the type of guy he's strong he's fast he's smart I think he'll learn how to you know how to adjust to the game I think if nothing else you know he's a two-way player he's a guy that can help them down the road for sure it sounds like they're going to stash that Marco Simonovic for a year you know, and he's not going to play for him, but he's got a lot of potential. When you're six six eleven, can shoot and pass. You know, that's a good good potential thing there. So anyway, now Bill Huggins. Also, we were talking. You're thinking of sending out a truck to the Chicago area to pick up some bigger collections, not this coming week, but the week after Thanksgiving. Is that correct? Yes, we do have a truck scheduled to come out there December 2nd through 4th, somewhere in that three-day period. It'll be in the Chicago area. If anybody is interested in us doing a site visit, they need to call our home office and speak to Randy and get on the schedule. The number is 301-608-0355, and uh, we're there six days a week except Sunday, and they can just – see what they've got. And if it's something we can fit into our schedule, we'd be happy to come by and, and gather some stuff up. So as far as you can tell, as of now, you're, you're still on for your February Huggins and Scott auction. Nothing's changed oh, with that. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause things in, in the Chicago area are going the wrong way and they're tightening up with, you know, the amount of people you can have in the percentage of capacity. I suppose well, there's we a, had all, if we had all 29,000 people that bid in our auction in our store, we may get a call from the governor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. But, yeah, but you're still going to have your auction going. That's the great thing about an auction like that. You don't have to have anybody in for it. You make money no, while you're we, asleep, we have right? We five Bill. or six staff members there to answer the phones and questions and look up items for people who want a little better description. But, no, that's – they. Most people pretty much do it on their own from their house. So. Now, Vince, have you heard anything about the uh, vaccines, the delivery of the vaccines and all that stuff? Are you, no. you going to be in any no. of that stuff in the Chicago area? You know, I think, I think we might support uh, the process and certainly we'll be there 24-7 if somebody needs us. I think, uh, 
you know, hopefully it's just uh, 30 to 60 days away from, you know, at least going, stepping in the right direction in terms of a society and having that vaccine available and, yeah. and uh, just a couple more months and uh, we'll support whatever way we can. My wife's a nurse actually, and there's a chance that she'll be getting a vaccine starting next month sometime. So yeah. Yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. She's ready to be a guinea pig. She's ready to roll on it. <laughs> Yeah, my stepdaughter is also a nurse at uh, one of the local hospitals. So, yeah, she's on the front lines as well. And and I, I think we just, uh, you know, as a society, uh, need to get past this and step in the right direction and, uh, you know, become a better society because of it. Hopefully. It's really looking like this spring, like it, there should be a pretty wide delivery of vaccines. So hopefully, I guess, Bill, that, that might mean that there's still a chance for the national to be in the Chicago area in July, August, I don't know how good of a chance, but I'm sure it hasn't been cut out yet, has it? No, no, no. I, I have not heard anything to that effect. So I, I think it's like Vince was just saying, uh, the wait and see thing in the next 30 to 60 days. And, you know, then every pe- people are going to start having to make a decision on summer events, you know, so. Yeah. Yep. I wonder what the, I how mean, the big ba- works, you know. Yeah, and well, like it said it, it's kind of back to semi-normal anyway. So yeah, I think there's going to be some changes. There's definitely going to be a lot of businesses that aren't there anymore. But if there's a need for those, there will be new businesses taking their spot. That's just the way life works. You know what I mean? If there's yep, no need yep. for it, then nobody will do it. I think you will probably see. Uh, hopefully, some of the the restaurant industry can hang in there. Some of the the companies that hold the big banquets and things like that. I mean, they've taken a, such a beating bars, restaurants, yep. you know, hopefully most of them can hang in there and, and make it till hopefully in the spring, we're able to start rolling again. So yep, no we'll doubt. see what, now I got you, my Twitter ID is T crown Tom, and you can tweet pictures of items to me and, I, I'll use them on the show if I can, if I see them. Yesterday, one of our listeners tweeted me a picture of an old... This is kind of cool. <laughs> I just put it on last night if you want to look at it. It's an old St. Louis Browns jacket. And he said his dad used to wear it outside to do yard work. He thinks it's from the <laughs> 1940s. Now, it doesn't have any labels on it, but it's it's got like a yellowish front with leather sleeves and there's a big Browns patch on the left arm and the STL logo on the front left over the heart. So I don't know, Bill, what, what do you think about something like that? How would you be able to, with no labels on it, does that mean it probably couldn't have been something that was used? I'd like to see the jacket and see if there's an area where the label was torn out. Oh yeah. You know, because if I, I can't imagine they would make the jacket. Whoever made the jacket had no label when this thing was originally made. So if there's an area where the the label should have been and it just got torn out or worn out over the years and stuff, a little research could probably find out who made that jacket. Yeah, Richard from Northbrook, if you're I think he's a regular listener. If you if you look it over, you know, send me a picture maybe through the Twitter direct message of, of close-ups, if it looks like there was spots, you know, where the labels were pulled out. And then I can send that to, to Bill and Matt and Huggins and Scott also. Matt, Matt 
at Huggins and Scott, Bill, is really good at research and stuff. I mean, he comes up. I send him pictures of some stuff, and he'll come up like a day later. He's like, well, yeah, that sold in 1928 for, you know, I mean, yeah. he, he really knows how to dig stuff up and, and find out the history and background on some of these stuff. Oh, all of our guys are like, they love a challenge. Tell me I can't find out something about this. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of challenges, is uh, Nancy getting like, is she doing calisthenics, getting lo- loosened up for <laughs> this week's version of Witch End and Higher? I know John Drummond's oh. out running around the block at his house right now. <laughs> I, know. I think Nancy's making up her, uh, her, her food lion shopping list right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's she's one of those. She doesn't get too fired up about it. She just goes, picks the right one, and moves along. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're coming up to the time for a short break now. So the number here is 312-332-3776. But we're probably not going to be able to get to calls till after the witch ended higher. So you might want to wait a little while so you don't have to wait too long if you are going to call in with an item. But if you have a picture or something, you want to tweet to my attention. T crown Tom is my Twitter ID. Tweet me a picture and we'll try to fit it in on the show. The show seems to fly, doesn't it? But uh, we're on till late. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to sports collecting with Tom Morgan. Sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clementi of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions. And our producer this week is Tyler Aki in for Erica Strowski. We're going to be joined now by Nancy Huggins and John Drummond for this week's segment of which ended higher john drummond's weekly segment is sponsored by mustang construction mustang leases small office and warehouse flex units in the far west suburbs call linda or matt for rental info 630-355-8094 and John Drummond, are you with us? I'm standing by. You betcha. All present and accounted for. Very good. Are you psyched up for we're, oh, we're coming down to the last two? I know. I'm I'm higher than a kite right now, so take it easy on me. Oh. <laughs> okay. Do you, who do you want to talk about this week? Uh, we're going to take. We're going to go down memory lane to the golden age of sports with some scribes All called right. the 1920s, the greatest sports athletes in the world, competing that time, ranging from Babe Ruth in baseball to Jack Dempsey in boxing. Bobby Jones in golf, Fred Grange, of course, in football, Bill Tilted in tennis, and so on and so on. But I think that of that group, I think Dempsey probably stayed on a bit longer. In other words, even though everybody retired, Dempsey continued as a married a movie star who was in a few movies, uh, refereed boxing and wrestling matches, and, of course, went around the country speaking at smokers and things like that. But Dempsey was an exciting fighter. He caught the imagination of the American public after the war with his aggressive style, his knockout ability, and his roughhouse type of boxing that apparently the American public, particularly the males, seemed to enjoy. Won the title in 1919 against Jess Willard and then lost it to Gene Tony in 1926. And that brings us to uh, Chicago, in 1927, we had the rematch with Gene Tunney in the so-called uh, Battle of the Long Count. By the way, at that fight, I think, in Chicago at Soldier Field, you talk about great things happening at Soldier Field sports-wise. I think that's still, to this day, 
the biggest spring sports event ever at Soldier Field. Over 100,000 fans jammed that place, 120,000 wow. they claimed, to see that fight. And what had made it different and what was unusual, Dempsey's behind on points against Tooney. Dempsey, the favorite, that is the favorite, the fan favorite, and he connects, and Tony goes down. But in that era, he had to go to a neutral corner. That uh, period was the referee said, you got to go to a neutral corner, but Jack hovered over Tony, which gave him time to recover. Some of the boxing experts at ringside, like Nat Fleischer, said that Tony was down almost 18 seconds. So he had a chance then to recuperate and get up and go on his bicycle. And by the way, I mean, to your fans out there, don't follow boxing. I don't mean they had a bicycle in the ring, but that means he could backpedal and get out of the way. <laughs> and he, he managed to last the round and went on and won the decision again. So Gene Tunney won the decision, retained his title. And Dempsey, of course, was uh, retired. But before that match, they didn't just give uh, Dempsey a rematch. He had to earn it. He fought a guy by the name of Jack Sharkey, the Boston Gob, later became a heavyweight champion of the world himself, good boxer and a hard hitter. He's fighting Dempsey at Yankee Stadium. Dempsey, remember, I tell you, is rough, tough. He'll hit you at all counts, wherever. High, low, it doesn't matter. Maybe around the belt. He belts uh, Sharkey, maybe around the belt line. And Sharkey turns to the referee and complains, he hit me low, bang! He was open for a minute. Dempsey throws his right hand and and puts Sharkey in in slumberland. (laughs) Two quick stories to show you, to point out. I'm talking how he had that, that, how he continued to uh, be the idol of Fistiana, so to speak. In Eau Claire, Wisconsin, I grew up. He was speaking at a smoker at the Elks Club in Chicago, in Eau Claire. And uh, I was not there. My father didn't go. But uh, the neighbor next door by the name of Harold Baxter went to it. He came to the door. I remember that night. Later, he knocked on the door. He said, uh, he called me. He says, is your, is your dad in? Is your dad in? He came into the house. His hand was extended. My dad's name was Frank. He said, Frank, shake the hand that shook the hand of Jack Dempsey. <laughs> other words, I'm serious. The guy was almost in ecstasy that he had met Dempsey. <laughs> now, yours, yours truly, and we'll find out, won't get long-winded here with this final story, but I met Dempsey in 1954. I was in the service. And by the way, in New York, it was always, particularly for guys from World War II vets and Korean vets in uniform, you got treated pretty good in New York. We go by Broadway, and my gosh, there's Jack Dempsey's restaurant. Where, of course, he said, as Jack said, love matches are made in heaven. Boxing matches are made right here at Jack Dempsey's. And Dempsey's on a table, in front of the table, right by the door. And I said to my friend, Alfred, hey, we got to go in here. So I go into the place. Dempsey greets us like long-lost buddies. He said, hey, well, boys, where are you from? <laughs> and I said, I've been living in the Twin Cities, which was true at the time for a while. And he said, do you know Tommy Gibbons? Tommy Gibbons, Dempsey fought back in 1923 out in Montana, won the decision. And uh, Gibbons was then, at that time, the sheriff of Ramsey County, which is St. Paul. I said, yes, I do it. He's the sheriff of Ramsey County. I said, I also know his brother, Mike, the Phantom Sullivan, oh, I mean, uh, Gibbons. And Jack said, oh, that's great. Oh, great guy. Tommy's a great guy. Hey, you, got, you guys going to eat? Well, what are we going to say? Yeah, I guess so, Jack. Pierre! And he hollers out to the maitre d', give these boys a real good table. And my <laughs> friend said, this is nuts. These prices are high in here, for God's sake. I said, don't worry about it. You saw what happened when I talked to Jack, and I knew that I knew Tommy Gibbons. He said, "This can be on the house. Don't worry about it. Order what you want." So he did. I remember the lamb chops I had cost about six dollars. to say that much. It was in 1954 prices when you're in the service. And lo and behold, what happens? The maitre de Pierre, whoever it is, comes by. Said, "Everything fine, gentlemen." He asked, "Bang!" And he dropped that check right on the table. We had to pick up our own tab. <laughs> Walk out of the place. There's Jack at the table. There's Jack at the table waving and saying. Goodbye, boys. Come on again.
Dempsey, by the way, lived to a ripe old age. He died in uh, 1983, and he was about no, 87, I think. Well, he did lived to about 83. What happened to him, the, the restaurant, the developer came in, they jacked up the rent for Jack's restaurant, and they had to tear it down. It was really tough for Jack to see that. But that was the story of Jack Dempsey, who had uh, a real hold on American people. And, of course, nowadays, most people would know who the heck is Jack Dempsey. But when it came, you'd have to live in that area when boxing was big and the heavyweight champion was king to realize how big a man he was. It definitely was huge there for a lot of years. Oh, that was yeah. like the guy if you were yep. heavyweight champion. Yeah. That's right. It was. No ifs and buts on that. Now, now the guy or gal is going to be the person who wins, which ended higher. And there you go. <laughs> so it's time for this week's episode of which ended higher. Okay. Now what we're going to do this week, everybody's going to pick a number between one and eight. And that number is, I've got eight items this week. Everybody picks a number and that item will be taken out of the list of items for which ended higher. So we'll start with John Drummond. The, the, the scores are five for John, five with a tiebreaker for Nancy, five with a tiebreaker for Vince, and Eric is at six, so Tyler's got all kinds of pressure on him. <laughs> yeah, Eric's not here. You're not going to throw any curves. At, you throw those curves from Star Wars and all that stuff at us. Nothing I've like got that. knuckleballs, curveballs, and sliders oh, this week, John. Oh, so, <laughs> pick a number one through eight, and we'll, I'll tell you what that item would have been, and we'll delete it. Number four. Number four is 1979 Topps Football Unopened 36-pack box, BBCE wrapped. That had rookies of Ozzie Newsome, Earl Campbell, James Lofton. It would have it was thirteen hundred dollars that it Ooh. sold for. Wow. Okay. Now, Nancy, you want to make a pick between one and eight for an item to take out. I do, but I want to congratulate Eric and his family right now because I just heard. So congratulations to Eric, and I'll pick number eight. Number eight. Did Eric have the baby? I yep. Didn't... Yep. The oh, baby came in yeah, on, baby. I believe it was Thursday. Or, yeah, oh, Thursday. Oh, well, I guess that's a pretty good excuse for not being there. Congrats, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Now, for Nancy, you're picking number eight. This is one of the knuckleballs, 1967 <laughs> Leaf Star Trek complete 72 card set, <laughs> mostly mid grade, $2,000 for that one. Okay, Vince, pick a number. Uh, let's get uh, rid of number six. Number six. Number six is Rogers Hornsby, boldly signed mm. and dated. 1956 Art View Hall of Fame plaque postcard, $1,200 that one sold for. And now, Tyler, pick a number one through eight. All right, let's eliminate all the even numbers here and get rid of number two. Number two. I actually have one of these. A, a 1907 Tigers team postcard. It shows, it has photos, Ty Cobb. And Wahoo Sam Crawford, maybe at a future, uh, John Drummond can tell us where Sam Crawford got the Wahoo nickname, but but not today. No. <laughs> that was SGC 1.5, uh, note written on the front and postmarked October 1907. That one went for $1,300. So now we're left with four. And the way we're going to pick it, I've got the list randomizer. 
okay, with John, <laughs> Nancy, Vincent, Tyler. And Nancy, you're going to pick between one and four how many times I randomize it. Three. Three. First one would have been Tyler, Nancy, John, Vince. Second one, Tyler, John, Nancy, Vince. And then the third one, this will be the order. Tyler again. Boy, Tyler, I hope that's a good sign for you. Tyler, Vince, Nancy, John will be the order. So, Tyler, you're going to pick first. Let me read the items. Okay. First item, William Henry Harrison signed and dated 1827 check. He was the ninth president. He actually was not in office that long. I think he was in the office 31 days and he died. Mm -hmm. So he was at the age of 68. Matted and framed with an oval portrait image. Okay, that's the first item. Second item, 1932 Chicago Cubs World Series press pin. That's the World Series that Babe Ruth hit his called shot home run in the 32 World Series. Next item, Wayne Gretzky, 1979 Opeachy rookie card, number 18, graded BVG Beckett vintage grading, a 6 on a scale of 1 to 10. And just so everybody knows, the Opeachy is actually uh, harder to get and a little higher price than the same Wayne Gretzky 1979 Tops rookie card. <laughs> then the last item, Eddie Collins 1914 T13-2 coupon cigarettes card, Chicago no A on shirt variation, PSA 2.5 only four were graded. So the first to guess on those four uh, items is Tyler in for Eric. Tyler? I'm, I'm going to go with the, the William Henry Harrison uh, signed check. Okay. And next to pick is Vince. Yeah, I was strongly considering that one as well. But, oh. you know, what? I'm going to pop down to the Eddie Collins uh, T13-2. Vince is going Eric. with Eddie Collins. Nancy. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the press pin again. Keep going with the press pin. <laughs> I hope you have a collection of those press pins. If not, <laughs> Bill Huggins, I know what the next couple of gifts might have to be for her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, 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 she did get she did get her Meg Ryan that you sent her. Oh yes. Oh, I that's did. good. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a good win from one of our goofy splits. See that yeah. it's not all bad with my Dumb contests and stuff. There's some good stuff. Okay, now John Drummond, the pressure's on. Boy, it sure is. If this is strictly a Chicago clientele that would be making bids for it, I would say the 32 Cubs. But I'm gonna, and I'm not gonna go with Gretzky. I'm gonna, since you guys put these cultural icons in here, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go with the with the whole pack, the Wolf Pack, and go ahead with William Henry Harrison. William Henry Ooh. Harrison. He's joining up with Tyler. Okay, here's the prices. Gretzky's. The fourth best item, William Henry Harrison. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing to me? So, poor Tyler, I, I hope you have a I'm way letting to, Eric to down. not see Eric during the week. John Drummond, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough loss for you. $1,400 no, that went for. Third oh best item, 
1932 Chicago Cubs <laughs> World Series press pen. Tough loss for Nancy Huggins. Now it's down to two items, and the only one still on the board is Vince. The second best item, Wayne Gretzky, 1979, $1,900. And Vince gets the point for the Eddie Collins, 1914 card. $2,100. That moves Vince into the lead. He's going to be tough to beat now. Eric is at six. Vince is at six with a tiebreaker. John loses a point, goes down to four. And Nancy's at five with a tiebreaker. So it looks like John's just going to have to be one of those guys that's uh, just got to get a win to, you know, be a like somebody who's, who's ending it for people in the playoff hunt. You're going to be the, the person that does that next week, John Drummond. Well, take it easy on me next week. Let's get me something I can do. We will. No one more, more, one one more show. So I hope you have a good story for us next week, John. I'm have sure a good we will. All right. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> right now it's time right. for another short break. The and, number well, here this is, is Nancy, three. This is Nancy here. I want yeah. to, from the Huggins, Huggins family to all of you out there, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, although it's a weird one with COVID. It is a weird one. I hope everybody can get together as much as possible with everybody and stay safe through the whole thing. And we've got that vaccine coming. So the numbers 312-332-3776. We're on till eight and hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to sports collecting with Tom Morgan. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer this week is Tyler Aki in for Eric Ostrowski. Eric, congrats to you and your wife on the delivery of the baby this week. What a what a Thanksgiving present that is for you guys. Congrats. We'll have to get some prize for Eric for that one. It'll be a very, yeah. very good prize, too. Okay, well, the maybe, number here now... Um, what? I was going to ask you maybe next week you can uh, come up with something where maybe uh, you can get a, a bonus point. So, like, maybe John has an outside chance if he, you know, maybe there's an extra point somebody can earn next week for a finale. Yeah, that's a good know? idea. Yeah, so he's still got a shot. Okay, I like it. All right, the number here now is 312-332-3776. We're on till late. We already have a few callers waiting for let's – so let's get right to them. The first caller we have is – Cameron from Moline, Illinois. Cameron, how's it going? What's up today? Nothing much. How about you? Oh, just doing the show, getting ready for a day at T-Crown. You have some collectibles, your collector with something you want to know the value of, or what's up? Uh, No, we're, I'm on this trip today for Make-A-Wish, and we're going to come there and see what you guys have. Oh, well, very good. That's right. You're going to be coming into T-Crown at some point today. Well, congrats on that. Uh, wait, you have a couple other stops first? Uh, we're stopping at the mall in Aurora. Okay. Very cool. Well, I think there might be, you might have to do a quiz when you get to T-Crown, but I think there might be a couple <laughs> of things waiting for you there, Cameron. All right. Now, you're a basketball collector, correct? Basketball and football. Basketball and football. Do you, what do you have? Like, what do you think's your best item? Do you have something good? Do you have any good rookie cards or anything? Who do you like the best? Uh, my uncle does. He collects more. My uncle does. 
Oh, he has okay. Some, he has a he has some a few nice things. Okay, well, very good. Well, I will see you later today. Have a good trip. Hope hopefully you get some good stuff at the mall, and I'll be there from ten to two. You can stop in anytime, and we'll have some fun when you come into T Crown today. All right. All right. Thanks for calling, Cameron. All right. Now, next on the line, we have Bill from Woodridge. What's up, Bill? Thanks for the call. Sure. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. Hi. I'm I'm actually sitting in my car waiting to get a COVID-19 test because I'm having some uh, surgery this coming Tuesday. So I'm listening to your show. And uh, this will actually be my third COVID-19 test since this whole pandemic came uh, came knocking on the door. But anyway, I uh, was listening when you were talking about the St. Louis Browns uh, jacket. Yeah. My dad, who's going to be 88 years old or 88 years young, on December, <laughs> on December 6th uh, was a huge St. Louis Browns fan. And when we went, uh, when we took our Pilgrim Cooperstown a few years ago, he bought a St. Louis Browns baseball cap, which he wears. Yeah. And so really curious about the jacket. Um, how would I go about um, finding out more or, or possibly buying it? Or I, Well, here's, I, here's the deal, Bill. If you get on Twitter, I did, a, I tweeted a picture of it. And I just actually heard from Richard, Bill Huggins, this is something interesting because I saw a game worn that had this little number. He said it's got a little number four on the right sleeve. So that might be a good thing. But anyway, uh, Bill from Woodridge, if you go to T-Crown Tom's, my Twitter ID, you can see a picture of the jacket. And also, if you don't, if you don't know how to get onto Twitter, you can oh, go to... Twitter. I do. Okay. Twitter. Well, well, T Crown Tom, follow me there, and you'll be able to go down my thing, and you'll see there's a picture of it. And then, if it's something, maybe it'll end up going in a Huggins and Scott auction if it can, if we prove that it's something that was a game worn, or, or we can prove that. But we got a little more research to do on it first, Bill. So just, I'll, I'll keep updated with you. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll t- follow you back, and we can message about it. That would be fantastic. I'd Beautiful. Really... And then good luck with your surgery and the COVID test and all that. And then hopefully you're, you're home still to have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you so much, Tom. You too. Stay safe and uh, you enjoy your Thanksgiving as well. Okay. Have a good one. Okay. Next caller now, we've got Justin from Winthrop's on the line. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for the call. Well, good morning. Thanks, thanks for having me. So I'm not looking for a specific value here, but I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on this craze about grading cards. I have a couple nice Louis Robert autographed cards, a stadium club and a Topps Chrome in really good shape. And it seems like everything now has to do with grading. So do you think this phase is going to stay? Should I get them graded? And well, uh, just, just getting your opinion on the grading fad. Grading's been around for over 20 years. So it's just gotten really hotter than ever because of COVID. 
Uh, Luis Robert, if you have something that's really sharp, well-centered, well worth getting it graded. If you think he's got the chance to be a long-term star like I do, uh, sure, he's worth getting graded. Bill Huggins, you want to give a little background on some of the better things you've had over the years and how long you've been selling graded cards through the Huggins and Scott auction? Well, yeah, Justin. I mean, it, it's it's certainly uh, well worth getting these things graded by the dual purpose of getting them graded. It also authenticates them, and it seals them in sure. a holder that they become marketable commodities, really, like a stock certificate. And it, it, it makes them just open to anybody who's interested in that as opposed to if you and I say it's good and it's a near mint eight or something, then that doesn't mean a whole lot. But if it's sealed in a holder by PSA or, or one of the other big grading companies, it becomes a very, very marketable commodity. Sure. And I'm really, just a little nervous how long it takes these days to get something it, back. It does take, six well, eight months. Yeah. yeah, it takes a long time unless you want to pay extra to have it done within five days. And then you get it back faster, but you're paying a lot more. So if you're doing that, make sure, like, let's say you had a Luis Robert and it was a one of one, okay? Well, you, and it's assigned. Well, that's something that's a really valuable card and well worth doing it. If it's not, I mean, and you're, you're not going to really want to sell it for a while. It doesn't hurt to get it graded. But if it's a sharp autographed card, especially if it's numbered, you don't really have to get that graded. Some of the things you have to get graded are things like a Michael Jordan rookie, a low-numbered LeBron rookie, Mickey Mantle high-grade cards, stuff like that. Before you sell them, you have to get them graded. Um, Understood. Yeah, Luis Robert, it doesn't hurt it, but if you're not going to get a 10 or a a 9.5 or something like that, it probably won't even help it that much, honestly, on the the brand-new stuff like that. So just make sure the centering's great and everything's really sharp with it before you take the time to get it done. But And, and then just kind of keep an eye on things. Watch the market on different items that you like. Look at what some of the old items are selling for. Look through the Huggins and Scott auction. You can see what they sold in their October auction, some of the newer and older stuff. And the more you learn, the better off you are, Justin. Absolutely. Will do. Thank you for the insight. Sure. Thanks for the call. Well, we're already coming close to the end of another show, but let's do a, try to get to some more things here. Okay, we got the truck built. Huggins and Scott has the truck coming to the Chicago area the week after Thanksgiving. Bill, you want to give another quick uh, update who to call and what phone number? Yeah, and yeah, Scott? right. If they, uh, if they, if somebody has a collection in the area that would like to discuss and even possibly pick up, they need to. Call our home office, which is 301-608-0355. And uh, the best person to ask for is Randy, or you can ask for myself. And uh, we'll be happy to see if we get this is stuff that uh, would be a good fit and we have a good audience for for our February auction. Yeah, very good. And then if I, I have a couple of things that people have uh, contacted me about, I'll let you guys know also if, you know, somebody has multiple boxes of things that would be better to pick up at their place and see about adding them onto the list also. Okay, now there's some of the the different types of items that are in there. Okay, there's Kobe White items. Like here's a Kobe White PSA 10 
And so that was graded. A cracked ice contender sold for 4338 on eBay. So if you had that, you didn't have it graded yet, you want to send it in to Huggins and Scott, have them get it graded and auction it for you. They could do that for you. I mean, that's a type of thing that they can do. And then, uh, of course, there's things like, here's a Babe Ruth card I don't think I've ever seen before. A 1929 R316 cash and publications card. PSA 6 sold for $2,200. You get a lot of those, Bill? That's something I don't see often. No, it's a tough issue. It's an oversized issue. It's about the size of a postcard and stuff. But uh, that was a set that I think it had about 40 or 50 players in it. But at the time it was issued, I would say over half of the cards in that set are Hall of Famers. Okay, very good. Now, Vince at ERC Delivery. Vince, you want to give people the on-demand delivery now through the holidays. You might have some people want to contact you. How do they get in touch? Call us anytime, 630-516-1199 or dispatch at ERCdelivery.com via email or our website, ERCdelivery.com. And you can deliver small items or things like a refrigerator. Yeah, just about anything from an envelope to get them. Oh, on demand anytime. That's us. Very good. And deliver I'm... you, Tom Morgan. <laughs> yeah. I don't, they'd have to have a heavy crane to do that one. <laughs> Whatever okay, it takes. well, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Our, our last show of the year will be next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. 